Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome to What Works For You. I'm your host, Emmanuel Thresher. Today, I have a very special guest. She's the host of, and you know what else? Podcast. Uh, she is one of my best friend's sisters. <laughs> and she constantly sends me gifts and memes of Ronald McDonald on Instagram. Please, you know wel- please welcome <laughs> Laura May. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for coming on. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah. So what works for you? Let's, um, let's find out what works for you, Laura May. I would love to you, share my insight. You seem to be living your best life these days. I mean, you're not on the West Coast, right? Right. Unfortunately, you're out here in the frigid East with the rest of us grumpy New Englanders <laughs> once <Sure>. more. <laughs> Chugging some Dunkin' Donuts. Drinking Dunkin' Donuts, kid. <laughs> Having that tall Sam Adams lager. Yep. You know, but it's, the, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. As a the different kids are saying. Vibe, a colder vibe. A colder vibe, a grumpy vibe. But it's a vibe. Yeah. Just covered in ice melt salt. Yeah. I've only fa- I've only fallen on the snow, snowy ice, like, I don't know, thrice since being here. Thrice. <laughs> only thrice. So, you know, oh six weeks, fall three times. I'll take it. So Yeah. Six. I mean, uh, that's a cut. You still got a couple more. You know, if it's if it's three every six weeks, you're in you're in for another, you know, might be for another, a few more you're in for a couple more. But listen, don't worry about it. You know, those you're you, you know, you'll toughen up a little bit. That cold makes you a little brittle. So you got to be careful. But, you know, it sure, sure does make your <laughs> makes you brittle, makes your skin super dry. Oh, I'm the, my hands are the absolute worst with this dryness. Yeah. So one it of the sucks. things that works for me is a lot of Burt's Bees. And mm. Avino is that the is that the brand? I think Avino, yes, is the brand. But Burt's Bees for the win. I mean, yeah. there's a really great Burt's Bees documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I have not. They they took poor Burt for a ride, though. You know? Oh, the bees? Was, huh? The <laughs> Well, bees of sorts, a swarm of corporate of corporate uh, type oh. type of people, kind of took mm. advantage of Burt, who was seemingly a very sensitive man who enjoyed his bees. That's, I think maybe that's why I related so much to him being a beekeeper and all. I was going to say, I feel like you can't really be that, of, you can't be much of a shark if you're into bees. You have to adapt to be a different kind of yeah. animal. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, yeah. Eh, poor guy, poor bird. Anyway, <laughs> this podcast is not about bird of Burt's Bees, but shout out to Burt's Bees if you want to sponsor us right now. Non-spawn. Uh, non-spawn. Uh, um... <laughs> So I'd like to lead off into the podcast now with the first section being the mind part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've said it before on the last two episodes uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, mental health is not really as taboo of a subject anymore. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are looking at like seeking help or like trying to find different methods and ways to kind of like calm your mind and stuff mm-hmm. as being something that's way more hip and i think and that's like the power you know before i think like the power move was like you just shove it down Mm -hmm. you know or now it's kind of like let's talk about our emotions because clearly that's the healthier way of doing things yeah um yes so like in terms of kind of calming your mind and stuff like what do you have do you is there anything in specific that you do that kind of keeps that like the like maybe the bad feels away or anything like that definitely i I am fortunate to have worked in the educational field for formally for about 
seven or eight years. And in those roles, I've been able to understand the tactics and strategies and approaches to de-escalating and mediating and mm-hmm. kind of that self-reflecting and emotional intelligence. So I've been fortunate to have those formal conversations and education about, you know, how to how to bring that into work and your home life and academics. So I'm I'm fortunate for that. And I think up until 2020 really uh was revving up. I uh <laughs> I I turned to those strategies of mm you know, some, some journaling or conversations with trusted friends and, you know, being okay with going out of my comfort zone, but I never really reached into, you know, counseling or, um, you know, learning strategies beyond what I was learning in, in school. So right. it wasn't until 2020 hit that I, I really found myself struggling to adapt and process and grieve and, mm-hmm adapt. And it, it shocked me. It shocked me that I, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of just tried and tried up until, I don't know, maybe October to mm. use my own skills and toolkit. And then it just got to the point where I didn't know what to do. And I felt just so emotionally exhausted. I had, you know, pandemic fatigue and I turned to formal counseling and have been using BetterHelp for therapy. Okay. For yeah. about about two months now, and I, I like it. It's it's something that I do weekly, and it gives me a new third party perspective that I don't need to, you know, later in the day go have dinner with, or need to, or want to, you know, talk about the latest SNL episode. Like I can I can just have it be a compartmentalized hour a week. Yeah. So I use I use BetterHelp and I use Calm, that like um guided meditation app. Oh, okay. As well. Yeah, yeah. So if I if I ever need to, uh, there's daily meditations that are about ten or twelve minutes, and so I'll do those at the end of each day. Um, and it also has a playlist of soundtracks that are you can do nature sounds, you can do like. Mm white noise um but i always put on anything that's ocean or lake or something that's water to make it kind of make me feel like i'm back in california <laughs> yeah. you know on the, the coast of san francisco and yeah um in the bay but uh those are the things that i use on a on a now daily or weekly basis to really understand my own mind because it it scares you at times you know when it your mind goes into some of those darker corners and you don't know how to really pull yourself out of it Mm. Um, or if you want to pl- pull yourself out of it, like sometimes you're just not ready to. So, yeah, um, I think listening to the own your own pace um, of like the, the rhythm of your own mind and knowing your own self a bit, and then turning to those other aids mm-hmm. when needed. Um, yeah, there, there's like you're saying, there's nothing taboo about it anymore, um, which I love. I'm so happy we're not in like the fifties. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just would like to say too, that like, you know, growing up, I was raised Mm -hmm. predominantly by like my mother, my aunt, my grandmother. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I work in kind of like a rough kind of factory world or whatever. (laughs) So I'm like the sensitive guy at work and they're all, they all just kind of like shit on me for it. They're just like, Oh, Mike's going to cry again. And I'm just like, you have to stop. you like, you know, (laughs) shut up about it. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, not for nothing though. Like uh, I, I, I saw a commercial 
that like I'm like I'm like choke. I'm so quick to cry. It's crazy. I just yeah. but but the thing is is that again like the space that I was raised in made it okay to express yourself emotionally. It wasn't yeah. like this sort of like yeah you need to lock it up. It was very much just like mm-hmm. oh yeah because because it's healthy to talk about your feelings. You know absolutely. So, so like you were saying, I mean, I think it's uh, I at least myself too. Like I, I'm just really happy that you know you can that it's okay to express mm-hmm. yourself nowadays. Because clearly the like the shoving it down isn't working. Mm-hmm. That's what you have like all these people who like have substance abuse issues and all this other stuff because yeah. like they that's their coping mechanism and it's so unhealthy and then it like manifests out in like abuse of like the people around you and it's just not mm-hmm. you know yeah it's I didn't find with my immediate family I didn't really I how do I tiptoe this? <laughs> I feel like they, my parents I'm the youngest of three mm-hmm. you know your best friends with my oldest brother um, he and I are five years apart. Me and my middle brother are three years apart. Mm-hmm. So more likely it was my middle brother and I that were in the same school building at the same right. time. Um, or we were closer in age. And so it's you're closer in conversations and um, being goofy. You, I was turning more so more so to the one that was three years apart than five years apart. Cause in that same like adolescent yeah, stage that I was sure. in. So um, I think family-wise, I would always turn out of the, the immediate family to Sean, the middle brother, because he was just closer. We had more shared connections. We were still being dragged along to the same family events, mm-hmm. you know, while Jeff was off at college. Um, but I really didn't feel too, too connected to share, you know, what was troubling me or working through, you know, what teenagers work through. I didn't really feel like that was an inviting experience until I hit, you know, 18 years old. You know, once I went to college, I think that that changed the dynamic of me and family and talking about, you know, those tab, what was still even then feeling more taboo. Um, But sometimes with family, you just got to jump in the deep end of um, the conversations and, maybe just start with the topics or the perspectives that are more or most extreme on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and then just see how they handle it. And (laughs) I was, (laughs) um, me having the kind of gusto of being the youngest child and watching how they handled, you know, my older brothers. Um, I kind of knew what to expect. So lucky. I was lucky. I know if you have conversations with Jeff or Sean, they have, you know, Jeff being the trial run, Sean being the like really shaking the structure in the system, and me being like, you know what, I know the roadmap. I'm the youngest. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really happy that conversations are being had about mental health, about mm. the ways to, you know, just to cope and manage and thrive. Because I, I think a lot of people seeing, a lot of people see mental health topics as something to get through or like we just have to push through this and that in my mind has built kind of that stigma that your hard times you're just trying to push through or get through it where I'm trying to see it as you're you're building from it or you're strengthening Mm. from it and it's something that if you come across it again because you likely would Mm -hmm. um, you know how to manage it and and process it and it's not just something to like 
you know, push through the brick wall and then like, you're never turning back. Yeah. Cause that's definitely, I mean, I can relate to that in the sense of just even where mm-hmm. I work, I get slammed with overtime, stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's always a thought process for like, oh, I just got to get through this week. I just got to get through this week. Like mm-hmm. this weekend, I have some, some interesting things, but whatever, but it's like, but mm-hmm. every time I go back, it's like the reset button. It's like, oh, all right. Oh, I just got to get through this other week too. So, yeah. you know, like you're saying, it's, it's so much healthier to instead mm-hmm. of looking at it as if this thing, this thing that you have to overcome every single week and your, your mm-hmm. mind is going through this kind of process mm-hmm. all the time. Instead, yeah. you know, it, it's instead looking at it like, look, this is just how it is. Like, so what can I do right now to make it so that way? It's it's you. I don't perceive it being that sort of a thing where like, oh, all right, well, I just yeah. gotta get you know, because it's exhausting. Yeah. It just and it doesn't. It's not doesn't For do you sure. any favors, you know. And it doesn't necessarily help that the week pattern always repeats. You know, Sunday to Saturday, mm-hmm. and then it repeats. And a calendar year, it's January to December, and then it repeats. Like that doesn't. Help yeah, anything. right. So <laughs> it's like so now you have a a. A pers- uh, you have a perception on what a Monday is right. or Friday night or November in New England. You're like, oh yeah. God, again. <laughs> like it's... So, you, you know, you society will con- continue to have that. You know, you can't break down every system. Yeah. You can't, you can't, um, you know, not every, everything can have some sort of reform, but um, it's really having your own you can only control your own perception and then your, your own contributions yeah. and, and make it the best that it can be or change it in the way that will help you, you know, grow from mm-hmm. it. So it's a process that you, it's not like you master mental health and you, you've, you've got it on lock and then you're good for your life. Like that's, that's not going to be what happens. Yeah. Or if it is someone tell me how to <laughs> yeah, <right. 'Cause>, <laughs> <laughs> like I love those. Oh, I think the problem is too, though, is like, if you look at social media, you know, that's the one thing I think of the problem is, is like a lot of people, a lot of us feel like we don't really have control over a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and social media gives one the opportunity to kind of like create this sort of alter ego, if you will, of like the other version of yourself, like the best version of yourself that you can create, you know, and in one end, okay, if you if you use your platform to spread positivity and like have those important Mm -hmm. conversations with other people and connect in the way that social networking was really intended on which was mm-hmm. bringing people together it's quite the opposite right. these days with everything it's it's pretty this pretty polarizing thing now yeah. um but it also can can give this sort of sense to other people of like the grass is greener type thing like oh well if only i moved here or if only i had this mm-hmm. job or if only i did this and it's like that's not the stuff that yeah. makes you happy you can be you can have your dream job in the dream place and all that stuff and you know what the mind mm-hmm. is going to stick to the negative stuff that happens anyway. So it's like mm-hmm. reestablish the mind. It's not, it's got nothing to do with the, I mean, yeah. It, yeah like, you know, it can kind of suck when it's like dark at four 30 at night. You know what I mean? It's kind of a drag. You're like, what are you going to do? You know, but like, yeah, but ultimately, you know, I agree with on, on the vein of social media. It's even you at the start of the conversation, you, you saying like, you seem like you got it together. What the phrase that you use, I'm like, damn, tricked because <laughs> yes well I feel like I'm working on it what's even on my own social media and I make sure for myself to I've limited how many times I'll post on my own 
you know, uh, especially Instagram feed. I, I keep it at kind of a certain What's your rule? What's how many posts in a day for Instagram? What's your rule? For my posts? Yeah. If it's a, if it's a, what, what my best friend Chandler and I call a main stage post <laughs> where people can like and comment. That's the main oh, stage. Oh, main stage. Okay. Um, it's like, like, coaching. yeah, right, right. Um, we have, I keep it in the forties and uh, like a total page just cause I, um, or maybe once a month, once every other month. Cause I, I've really taken it as my own responsibility to make sure that I'm not warping what people are seeing of my life. And I'm, I'm posting the, the times where I feel really happy mm. or I feel like someone's captured a photo of me that I'm like, wow, I feel that photo. I look at that and I feel like myself in mm. that photo. I want that to be kind of a, a, a capsule that my grandkids see in decades. Yeah. You know, I, I want them to see those photos and think like, oh my gosh, she was really happy at the water or she was in Joshua tree and she seems so at peace. Like I want those to be the moments captured, mm. not something that I'm staging or editing or timing it to be something, you know, pragmatic. It's, I don't want that to yeah. be the case. So um, it's more genuine that way. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, tw- for a lot of people, 2020 is just, has been such a layered year of emotion and experience. And um, I'm super mm, conscientious. Mm. Well, conscientious. 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 Of sharing, <laughs> sharing things on my Insta story um, that I think will bring someone joy or reflection. Or I saw it and laughed so hard. And so I, I know others share my humor. So I want to sh- share whatever made me crack mm-hmm. up. Um, and you know, really trying to not be another, you know, girl in her 20s in the city that's doing like boomerangs of cheersing, you know, champagne, and, <laughs> um, you know, wearing a cool, I don't like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I want those people that do post that to be happy and I'm hoping they're having the best time. But I also know from myself and other friends, sometimes you do that to just warp your own mm. reality. And then the way you remember it is that warped reality. So it's, um, that's not what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. Another two other comments about social media. One being um, that I've taken the responsibility as well to tailor who I follow. So I'm seeing on my feed things that I think will will better my interest or my my knowledge. So I recently started following a lot of Congress people mm. to see what they're doing for their communities and. Um, kind of those really strong leaders that I share the same values with um, design pages, home decor pages, um, musicians, things that I just align with. And I, I want to use that app and, and feel mm. good, not feel compared or, you know, just dis- discouraged. Yeah. Um, and lastly, there was an SNL skit about <laughs> vacation and it was like a vacation agency and they're like, hey, if you're unhappy at home, you're going to be unhappy in France. <laughs> like, the same you <laughs> sitting on your couch is the same you on that cruise ship. Like, it's not going to change much. I mean, that's not wrong, though. I went, I went, uh, I, I went on a cruise for my honeymoon. And let me tell you, okay, I was just a grumpy <laughs> goober oh. the whole time. To be fair, though, I would also just, I mean, we're getting a little off track here, but I would just like to add the fact that. 
the weather yeah. was terrible. It was very oh. windy. Yeah, that does And, help. like, everything that could go wrong was, was going wrong. We've got seasick. Yeah. Oh. It also doesn't help that I ate, like, some kind of some sketchy hot dogs in the line waiting to go, <laughs> to go into the cruise ship. This guy was selling sausages out of a truck. I was so hungry. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get a couple of, let me get, you know, let me get a couple of brats. It'll hold me over until I get onto the ship. Yeah. And, uh, man, they tore me up there. I yeah. was just, ugh, I felt really terrible oh, anyway. Yeah. Let me get your, your sweatiest sandwich on the way to my cruise ship. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, we're sitting there in the, in, in the blistering Miami, humidity you know it was a huge line anyway this has nothing to do with self-betterment but i'm just saying <laughs> carnival cruises lock it up what are you doing you know what i mean get your get your get your stuff uh, yeah, together do just do, you know i was just i wasn't mad laura i was just disappointed i get you know it. I get i'm it. like you're, car- you're carnival although i will say to their credit every single like uh uh like uh worker on the cruise like service person whatever whatever like they 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 remembered our names. I don't even understand how they do it. These people see like tens of thousands of people on the reg, and they're like, "Hello, Mr. Michael," and I'm like, "How the fuck, bro? I don't even I haven't even met you yet." <laughs> you yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know the behind. Me working in a student activities or events kind of position for a few years, I hate cruises because I the daily activities. I'm like I feel like I'm at work. Like, or mm. when I'm watching them facilitate something, I'm like, man, I have to do that when I get back from vacation. Right. Like, it just keeps me feeling like I'm at work. Um, but it, it, I've had some funny cruise experiences that offline, I'm sure Jeff or Sean. Could yeah, yeah. Them. Oh, Jeff, I, I think the last one that you guys went on, right, was uh, was mm-hmm. the Royal Caribbean. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Jeff, Jeff shared some some fun stories of that oh, excursion, boy. if you will. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, well, moving on, uh, section two, um, Mm -hmm. talk about body. So, you know, I myself have openly admitted on podcasts and such that I I do love a good hot yoga session. I don't Mm -hmm. do yoga as often as I would like to. um, Sure. But, you know, you you, just try, you know, you do what you can. Um, do you have any sort of a workout plan? Like, or like, are you into like, uh, like Tai Chi or Mm. like, uh, what's that? Like spin, spin classes and all that kind of stuff. Isn't that what that's called? The, the bike, the bicycle thing? The cycling? Or yeah, it is. It is spin. Spin. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has kind of been a journey. My, my exercise trajectory because I, I did dance. I was on a competitive dance troupe for, a number of years in middle school and high school and I, I took dance classes since I was in preschool so there's about 15 years of you know four classes mm-hmm. a week or you know 10 or 12 hours a week of, of stretching and cardio and you know dance of all versions of ballet tap Broadway um, hip-hop mm-hmm. <laughs> dabble oh, <do> you dabble, <laughs> but, <laughs> I dabble, dabble in hip-hop um, but it so that was kind of my regimen for up until and towards the end of high school. Um, and that was just kind of the norm. So I, I hit a very frustrating barrier in eighth grade where I began to get pretty frequent migraines Mm. that were kind of cardio induced or dehydration induced or stress induced. And so I would get them out in dance class or at dance competitions and in school, if there's a test or 
um, during show week when we were doing the high school oh, yep. spring yep, musicals. Yep. Like anytime there was a, if I didn't eat enough or got a little worked up or had, you know, some kind of upcoming commitment or just a little bit too much cardio and in one form of another, like I just get migraines. Mm-hmm. And for me, they're, they're pretty debilitating. Um, they affect my vision. They affect my like cognitive function. And I've had some pretty scary uh, encounters with those. So for me, there's kind of a level of fear that comes with exercise. And I've been trying to figure out what that the threshold is mm. of feeling like I'm doing something productive and I'm like sweating it out. And then I can, I know my own like tells when I'm about to get a migraine and then I have to stop and then switch into like that reactive right. mode. Um, so for me, kind of what the, the go-to is for exercise has become um, running. I, I'll do about maybe two or three miles if I go running. Um, I like that. I put in my, my AirPods and put on some something that will amp me up. Or just a little Kanye me. or something maybe? A little heavy. Yeah, the heavy yeah. Kanye, heavy bass yeah, Kanye. Yeah. Um, or some, um, like, even some bass nectar or major laser. Oh, like some major like, laser. Like a, a pace that has, yeah, you know, that yeah, yeah. running pace to it. And I'm like, it just amps you up. Uh, and I can't sing along with it because usually a lot of times I'll get distracted and then I'll start, like, a performance. <laughs> So I like the things that I don't know. The just like on the streets, just yeah. dancing it out, like doing some riffs. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so my exercise routine has become running when I feel like it, um, <laughs> it which was easier on the West Coast because the weather's great year round. Yeah. So now I'm like, there's no way I'm about to go running, and at a fourth time that I fall this season. Um, I, I do enjoy hot yoga. I would like to get into Pilates post-pandemic. I, I think those are, that's kind of the, the mesh of dance and right below the threshold of where I feel like I'd start, you know, getting the migraines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I avoid some of the, I've never learned how to be on a team with sports because dance, mm. yes, you're with a class, but it's not like I need to like pass the ball to anyone right, right. or be aware of the plays so <laughs> anything sports wise <laughs> i'd rather watch than partake in. sure um also growing up my my uh, neighborhood friends were all easily a foot taller than me once we all hit our growth spurts so they all wanted to play volleyball and basketball and i'm like because <laughs> i can't you know i can't contribute like you all can um so for me exercise is I'm finding my footing with it mm. now. And I think once the pandemic, uh, it's more realistic to be in those group settings again, I think I'd, I'd like to do Pilates. I'd like to get back in a gym routine, mm. um, you know, understand how to, how to do some more weightlifting, just things that I'll, I, I'll feel healthy with. Um, Cause I don't, right now I don't feel discouraged in my, you know, my, my body image or I don't feel any sort of body dysmorphia, but I I do feel that I could always be stronger Mm -hmm. and I could always, um, you know, if I, if this pandemic takes a turn for the worse and we become like apocalyptic, I gotta be able to like carry heavy backpacks and scale trees. Scale scale trees? You're talking about scabby, like what instance is that? I don't know. They do that in Hunger Games. (laughs) Oh, they, okay. Um, All right. 
you know, I, I want to be able to like jump fences and uh, <laughs> run more than 30 seconds and yeah. get out of breath. Like I want to be able to kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. You know, scale the mountain peaks and just, just do. Yeah. <laughs> do something. Yeah. So if the pandemic takes a turn for the worse. Yeah. No, I, f- I mean, we laugh about it, but I, f- I feel you. I mean, sometimes yeah. you, you, you know what I mean? Like when I went and got tested yeah. for COVID, I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm in a movie right now. You know, yeah. it, it has that sort of like a like they're people they're all in PPE and they're just like, can I see your license, please? And oh. you're just like, <laughs> like here you go, you know. Fully, it's just fully. And I, being someone that had COVID and the symptoms of it, and feeling like I was hit by a truck, like oh, it, yeah. and feeling so like I couldn't rely on my own lungs. And when I get migraines, I'm like, I can't even trust my own brain or my own mm-hmm. vision. Like I don't like that yeah. feeling. So if the things that I can control are you know, if I if I can bench a little bit more, or I can get my my vert up a little bit higher, um, I'm gonna work on yeah. this because I can I can control that. Right, right, so, right. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at exercise wise. <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's a place to start, right? You have a you have to. I mean, you have the desire, right? You want to do it, and of course, mm-hmm. it's it does suck in that way where it's like a lot of. That was the thing that I really enjoyed about going to hot yoga. It was like me, Jeff, mm-hmm. and then Luke would tag along and we'd go and it would be like this yeah. nice, this nice like Thursday night thing, you know, like I'd get out mm-hmm. of work, I'd make myself a nice healthy meal, you know, and it becomes, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll get into it in the third part with the soul part. But for me, the yoga yeah. was, I, I have, and, and it doesn't, it's not for everybody, but I really enjoy mm-hmm. uh, like a spiritual practice to line up with exercise. That for me, like is yeah. perfect because it's like, not only am I getting exercise in, but I'm also getting out of it, something out of it spiritually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so for me, it was such a win-win. Same thing with like Tai Chi, where it's the focus is mm-hmm. on like Qigong, where the focus is on like energy and kind of like the idea that you have right. like this magnetic field around you at all times. And it's, and you have to balance it out. You have to f- cleanse it and freshen it and, and you know, yeah. um, and take care it of it. It is a very centering. Yeah, I, I agree. It, anything exercise if it's a physical exertion of exercise or mental exert i don't know exertion i guess of meditation yeah. it's it's still that very centering and disciplined feeling mm-hmm. which i think is is only positive um you know and not everyone's at the at the point where they want to do those activities they don't you know i certainly it it might take a little bit of a self push or a you know someone that i can be accountable mm-hmm. to to like push me to to do those practices a bit um but it's it is very centering i do feel like dance and hot yoga and um exercise of any kind where you're really focusing on the breathing and the mm. the discipline of it of what is going to be helpful to you and not harmful so right. really um i i would encourage anyone that's looking to you know get involved in any sort of exercise or any sort of movement is to also be okay with asking questions and knowing that it, there is a piece of any kind of exertion of communication. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to the gym and you want to go to the gym once a week or once a month, ask the, you know, the people working of how to use the equipment or what, what are the good practices? Cause you, you don't want to end up worse than you went in. Right. You know, you want to be able to leave feeling like you had a safe and healthy and helpful experience um, or ask the instructor of the, yoga class or the you know intro to kickboxing mm-hmm. or whatever it might be you know talk to the instructor tell them where you're at and let them know that you might not know what the the proper form is or 
um, what a, a certain phrase is because it's only going to help your experience and then you can be focusing more on that mental centering mm-hmm. and that that healthy aspect and you're not focusing on like oh i think i like threw out my back oh i de- <laughs> i definitely threw out my back when i first went to yoga <laughs> i like woke up the next day and, like my ribs hurt and i was like what what ha-? i got like scared too like it like they hurt for like a mm-hmm. solid week i ended up going to like a walk-in and i was like i don't i don't know what happened like did i like do something they I was fine, you know, I was fine, yeah. but it was just like so intensely painful because, you know, is. I don't, I can't remember what we were doing, but you know, I just, well, yeah, anything hot, you know, anything hot yoga wise too. your, the, the setting of it all is to be a warm, you're to warm up your body so that you don't need to spend as much time stretching. Right. So your body already thinks you're at that, you know, st- stretched and, um, you know, ready to be like malleable right, right. stage, but it, it's it kind of tricks your muscles and then the next day you're like twice as oh yeah but it was a good it's it's a reward like i've 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 done workouts like super intense workouts all that stuff Mm -hmm. but nothing has made me feel better than like a like a strong like nine or you know like hour to 90 minute Mm -hmm. hot yoga and you're just drenched Mm -hmm. and soaked but it's like you just Mm -hmm. feel i feel like i feel like with the sweat came out the toxins Mm -hmm. and also maybe a little bit of toxic thoughts maybe too a little purge a little purge you know (laughs) like it's all yeah. good. It's all yeah, good. it's great. Um, so, as a you know, a, another part for body too. Like, do you do you have a specific diet? I mean, there are so many. Like, mm. especially now, there are like so many like hip diets. You know, coconut oil mm. is good for you. Coconut oil is not good for you. Uh, avocado. Mm-hmm. You know, like all this stuff. There's so many like food yeah. fads and stuff. Like, is there? Do you follow anything specifically or? Um, you know, on the, the topic of coconut, I avoid it completely for two reasons. Um, my first uh, drinking experience um, <laughs> was with, you know, our my arch nemesis Malibu. And uh... so um, I avoid coconut for that reason. And also my college roommate, love her so much. She had the habit of purchasing and using um, coconut bath and body work spray. And so yeah, I would smell. She would spray, you know, spritz, 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 and then leave for class. And I'd wake up in this cloud <laughs> of <laughs> sparkly coconut. Uh, like, <laughs> um, so I don't know if you know if the if the uh, it's it's you no know, the educators and the scientists are letting you know that it's good for you. Then go it's the medium it. chain triglycerides. That's what you're that's what you're doing coconut oil for. That's what you want. It's the MCT. Sure. But you can also just get MCT oil and just supplement instead of having to go through like. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, don't, I'm well, sorry. I don't know. Any, I don't even care to learn about it. So yeah. listen. Wow, there what a go. what a what a distaste for coconuts. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Oof. <sighs> um for diet, I um I think once I moved away from home and I was getting a steady paycheck and doing, you know, grocery shopping being being my own responsibility for mm-hmm. myself because I lived alone. Or I, when I did have roommates, I was only buying for myself. Right. Um, I became very aware of how to purchase the the kinds of groceries that'll be helpful and it'll be nutritious and still something that I could feel like I was indulging a little bit, but it's not unhealthy mm-hmm. for me. Um, I so buying things like quinoa and brown rice and chickpeas and different proteins and then finding things that'll be able to be made in different ways. So different fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and different 
um, like anything I could really meal prep and get, you know, five or six meals out of it. Um, and I was, I'm very grateful that my, my parents had a garden growing up. And so all of the, I think all the vegetables people don't like is what we only grew. <laughs> so like, like okra, anything like, <laughs> sure like, that. like, like eggplant, specifically eggplant, zucchini and squash. People don't really turn no. to those. They'd rather eat like some green beans. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a squash um, guy all day. Oh, I'm a zucchini person. Like I could. Yeah, I could mess. I could mess <laughs> up some zucchini. Like <laughs> it's um. So I'm very unfortunate that we were, we were raised on kind of the yeah. you know the healthier eating. Um, I had a heavy chocolate addiction. Oh, uh, me too. Um, up until uh in 2015, I decided that's going to be my New Year's resolution was to not eat chocolate anymore. Um, because it was it wasn't even. I'm sure it was a bad habit, but it was just like a mindless habit. Mm. And because I was doing dance for so long, I don't think my metabolism really felt the shock of it ever. So um, I've been six years clean of chocolate um, and just choosing foods that I feel are, are just the good choice, like the the sweet potatoes and a vegetable Mm. and protein and things that'll be okay for your wallet and okay for your body. Um, Cause I, I'm not one to say no to four donuts, but I am someone that will make sure my grocery cart makes sense. And I, I'm not just catering to like the the cravings because I think my cravings have just become like fruit or like apples and Mm -hmm. peanut butter or like, I don't know, like I'd rather eat a, a good hearty sandwich than eat like, I don't don't know. Cinnamon buns or something. Yeah, like two dozen pizza rolls. Like I, I mean, those are I'd delicious. Ra- I but <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm happy to burn my tongue. Also, oh yeah, who cares? Um, who cares? <laughs> I don't know. Just being aware of what you're, what you're buying, and that took some researching too. Like looking into seeing what what are some meal prep options, right? And, um, and what also makes sense for like a hundred dollar, hundred twenty dollar grocery mm-hmm. trip once a week. Yeah. So, um. I cut out chocolate completely, which I don't know, it just makes me kind of sad, but it shows my, my self-discipline. And I bought one of the purchases of 2020 was um, a hydro flask that I, mm. you know, I don't know how many ounces this is, 20 something, maybe 24. But maybe. I just try to get, I try to get through that as quickly as I can. Um, Cause if I don't, that'll just lead to migraines. Yeah. So water um, that's kind of yeah. Fun. water's the big thing for me yeah. i'm so dehydrated yeah. lately it's crazy and it's like it's yeah. it's weird how like I, you know sometimes you really have to push yourself to drink the water yeah and then when it becomes a priority i don't want to drink water <laughs> it's weird. yeah like don't tell yeah, me, don't drink me to drink water, water. but like... then like i'm sitting here slamming seltzers <laughs> like a monster i'm like five la Croix deep and i'm like I, this is not this isn't good all the citric acid can't be good for me yeah, my eyes are twitching. I'm like, yeah, coffee. Yeah, help. right. Well, that's what I. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm been trying to get into that habit of drinking water as my first thing I do when I when I right when I wake up. Um, yeah. yeah, I I didn't do that today, but you know, yeah. I I just slammed up a, a pot of coffee, and I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, I mean, I'm drinking I'm drinking yeah. some kombucha though, so you know, yep. love I love kombucha. a nice booch. This one, California Citrus GTS Synergy Rock Kombucha. Shout out to GTS, but uh, they this one. California citrus, it's delicious. It's like an orange Julius 
They they have it at Aldi right here in Lisbon. Yeah, delicious. Any I love I love some booch. Anything that's my go to is Health Aid Pink Lady Apple, mm. but I'll drink any kind because I, I when I first started drinking kombucha, it was kind of like every sip felt like the first chip of a salt and vinegar. <laughs> yeah, where I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. But now, <laughs> um, I really enjoy yeah. it. I feel like it's it's helpful. It gets rid of most of my stomach aches. It um, I feel healthier drinking yeah. it, and I I don't really turn to soda anymore. Or if it is, it's just ginger mm-hmm. ale. So, um, and I feel like kombucha is like a, a grown up ginger ale. Yeah. Um, no, it definitely is, so, and it's and it and yeah. it gives you because it's naturally carbonated, so it gives you that that yeah. little you know it gives you that like little pop mm-hmm. fizz that you want from like a soda, mm-hmm. a little, little little hint of sweet. But depending on which one you get, you know, you get kind of that like earthy sort of muddy, mm-hmm. naturey kind yeah. of thing. But for me, growing up, like my mom, like I was a vegan for like the first like two three years of my life. My mom weaned mm-hmm. me with almond milk. Like it was like I was mm-hmm. very so. For me, like my taste palette, like I prefer these kinds of tastes, like food that you'd get from like a natural food store or something like that, like those earthy kind of dank mushroomy, almost kind of, you know, fermenty tastes and stuff. I I, I don't know. I love that. People, people give me shit all the time for drinking booch, like, and -hmm. it's like, it's so, it's once you, once your palate adjusts, Mm -hmm. it's so good. It's so good. And it's good for you, you know, get that healthy gut biome and stuff like that. Like that's. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I I try to get any. I only started drinking it when I moved to California. Mm-hmm. Like I I definitely learned a lot of new habits and a lot of the practices that I did. I know this isn't with body necessarily, but like composting mm-hmm. or practices um, that we did at my house growing up, having a garden like that that didn't feel super common with people from you know our hometown, but or really on this coast too, too much, unless maybe you get into like Vermont Mm -hmm. or like the woods of New Hampshire, then you kind of get those similar practices. But I learned in California that there's so many different regulations, so many different things encouraged or normalized. And those were all things better for your body, better for the environment, um, focusing more on like the sustainability or longevity of your impact. And, uh, you know, another great part of why I'm, itching to get back to the west coast is because it wasn't anything that was um you know a new practice like everyone really drank kombucha Mm -hmm. and ate healthily and were understanding about the products they were purchasing um because it it was just better for you and the environment like it it was just common sense yeah it's um, a shame that stuff like that is kind of especially if you come out to the east coast because you know i mean we kind of live a little bit in the sticks you know there's some there's some there's some quote unquote like good old boys type of people in this area and they're Mm. just like oh look at you you hippie you're recycling and drinking kombucha and i'm like sorry that i like want a cleaner plant like what what are you talking about right now you know what i mean and it's a shame that like in some areas that kind of stuff still happens because Cause yeah, like I think I saw a thing. I, I, it may have been San Francisco, but like they had they had put in uh, recycling bins along with garbage cans, mm-hmm. like just like in the street, you know, like a, like along a main street yeah. or something like that. And I was like, that's such a great idea. Like, why yeah. don't why don't like why don't we have that? I mean, okay, it's it's yeah. a small little town that we live in, you know, like Jewish City, but it's mm-hmm. like 
I mean, we don't live in Jersey City, but like, you know, stuff like, like why not put recycling out there? So, you know, it's just kind of, like you said, it's right. just common sense stuff that I'm sure going to San Francisco must have been a very refreshing experience to just be like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. Like people are actually like turned on to this stuff out here. It's not yeah. just kind of like, hey, hippie boy, you eating your 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 bean burgers. You know, it's like, get out of here, man. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. It felt it felt refreshing and it felt really progressive, um, which is why I if I'm not back in San Francisco, per se, you know, in, you know, the next few months, I'm still job searching and looking to live in cities because it it still feels like that's where the progression Mm -hmm. is. Um, That's where I'd like to continue to grow up and then start a family and raise my kids. in. like, I want to be in those environments of public transit and you know the progressive thinking and um, more inclusive actions and decisions that's where i want to be i don't want to have my kid heckled for wearing their mask during a pandemic like what yeah i i don't want that to be the case i don't want um you know i don't want to i don't want to feel stuck or like i'm in this regression which i did feel when i moved from san francisco back to you know the other city so it's um you know i did i did feel i noticed that difference but i'm also very grateful to have to have spent two years in such a a wonderful place um but i also have to kind of give some homage to the 25 26 years you know over Over, yeah yeah the city of the city of life the city that's never (laughs) without a gun without a yeah for real Oh my goodness. Um, so I, yeah. you know, I'm grateful for how I was raised and how my own thinking of food was shaped. Um, and I, I never, I was also lucky to never feel like I was bullied for my food choices or um, any wave of any kind of body dysmorphia it was really just kind of brought on by myself being in a dance mm. setting and staring at a mirror of yourself for hours every week but even then i was like you know what i know i'm awkward i know i'm gangly i know i'm a bit clumsy but i'm gonna try my best and just have fun with it because i can't change my bones and i can't change the way i'm falling over like, <laughs> where I'm at. Yeah. So, um, i i had this whole mantra a few years ago of embracing be awkward because mm. like i know at times i can be socially awkward and i knew growing up i was physically awkward so um i was just like encouraging others and myself to embrace it and then do any kind of practices with your body or eating or your mind that'll be healthy yeah Yeah, i think that's that's the important bit like for me growing up i always struggled with my weight and Mm -hmm. i found that like when i try to adopt these practices with the target of being Mm -hmm. like trying to change the way that i look it i Mm -hmm. wouldn't really work but if i focused on more so just being like no, this isn't about having like muscles. This is about like just working mm-hmm. on myself and 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 mm-hmm. also focusing on like trying to think better, trying to sleep better, mm-hmm. trying to eat better, trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I saw like real results. You know, because it was because yeah. the focus was just different. It wasn't it wasn't like a superficial thing mm-hmm. of being like, oh yeah, I gotta have like the beach body. It was more so just kind of like, yeah, no, I just don't really feel good about myself. So like, what can I do to do because. Mm-hmm. Because like I like we said before, like 
even with like the social media and stuff like that, like you can, you can seemingly have everything, but you can still be so Mm -hmm. incredibly sad. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's the full package. So moving on to part three uh, into the soul section, which is like my favorite kind of thing to talk about. Cause I like, I nerd out on spirituality and religion and stuff like that. So you're talking about your upbringing. um, And, and Jeff and I spoke loosely about it too. Um, I'm assuming you also, you went to the church, that was like across the street. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. how, what was say your connection? Cause Jeff, I feel for what I gathered from what we talked about was, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you know, it's all good and well, these sort of Bible stories and stuff like that, but it didn't really seem to resonate with yeah. him very much. Did you have a similar experience like, or feelings towards the mm-hmm. religion or did you kind of have maybe a different connection to it? Yeah. Similarly, Jeff and I went to the, the same church uh, that's where i was baptized that's where i had did my confirmation um you know was an acolyte and you know lit the candles and dressed up like a sheep when it was time to do the you know christmas oh, yeah. pageant. <laughs> i was never married but whatever oh uh, you never got married uh, i you know oh was, sorry is it, t- is it a touchy, I wasn't ready to be dis- a touchy subject i wasn't ready to be discovered i didn't want to be discovered yeah. yet you know i was good in the ensemble yeah. of it but um yeah yeah I, so we lived right next to a church and we lived next to the church that we went to and we lived three blocks away from then the the Catholic Mm -hmm. church of our town. So we were always, it was normal to hear the bells of the churches to, to see them right outside my bedroom window was the Mm -hmm. church. So it's, I felt that, um, I don't feel like it was on me and I, I'm the youngest again. So like Jeff was the trial run um so when it got to me i was always being uh at times yes dragged around but at other times like it was just the normal thing to go where the family's going or get in the car and do go to whatever we're going Mm -hmm. to like i don't know i i was the youngest kid i just kind of followed the you know the other ducks to wherever we're, we're going to so um i really enjoyed church because I had a lot of friends my age so some of my closest friends and also those neighborhood friends you know that spiked up in height um (laughs) they we all we all were in like Sunday school together and um watching Veggie Tales after church or um doing vacation Bible school in the summers which we thought was great like you're making a craft you're playing on the playground you're eating some like snack packs with oreos and worms mm, del- delicious like, the, <laughs> the delicious snack <laughs> you know our, our daily bread which was oh, our daily bread <laughs> i just picture you had like getting an oreo on my like hey want a little bit of the sacrament <laughs> hey yeah it's what jesus would have wanted yeah. us. gummy worms um, <laughs> i i found a lot of joy and like friendship in church but all of those things I just listed weren't the lessons of the Bible and they, they weren't the, you know, it wasn't really digging too, too deep into the right and wrong or the good and the bad. It was kind of like the, the morals being taught and the values being taught, which were like the fruits of the Bible song and the, um, the gummy, the gummy fruits, you mean of the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm i really trying to think through some of those teachings from church. Yeah. But most of 
what I enjoyed was the songs that still had their lessons. Vacation Bible School, which still had lessons kind of, you know, interwoven. Um, you know, the conversations that were had, but it really wasn't anything digging too, too deep for us. And I stopped going to church once I hit um, eighth mm-hmm. grade, at the end of eighth grade. Um, there was something like political or like in the in the ecosystem of our church where it my parents stopped going to that church and Jeff was off at college at this point Sean was having his own spiritual reflection and was very against going to church so when we would all leave in the morning to go as kids we would all just go walk across the street and we're at church and then in eighth grade my parents were no longer going. Jeff was off at college and Sean was no longer going. So it just became me. And it was more of like a, I'm electing to go or to not mm. go. Um, and I would go sometimes um, and throughout high school sometimes, but I didn't feel the same kind of connections or guilt that that one does when you hit like, um, like in Catholicism. There, I know there's different teachings and trajectory and guilt that comes with Mm -hmm. it all and I didn't have that I was I never went to a Catholic church um so wow this is such a like a a deep I'm like really thinking about myself as a kid in a church but I uh I didn't really have any kind of religious awakening I had more of the the morals and Mm. the values and I would have my doubts um, and then would think like if I don't know those kind of like psychological like shower um, shower, like yeah oh yeah like um, like if Jesus if people worked so hard to make us believe Jesus his existence Mm -hmm. and then like this whole like atmosphere of his life and like the elves and the presence and the timing and the songs and the reindeer I was like they also put a lot of effort into Jesus and hmm, like, <laughs> but Santa's not real, but Jesus is real. Like, I, you know, I had those yeah. doubts that you have kind of. In- yeah, of course. Of course. Um, you start questioning kind of all the bigger yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, once you hit the end of VeggieTales, you're like, hey, wait a second. You're like, wait a second. Vegetables what? can't talk. What's, what's going on here? <laughs> um. So what what happened for me instead was more of the spiritual um, understandings and thoughts. Mm -hmm. When I felt the religious riff was when I was 18 and I'm very vocal about it now, but when I was 18, I had an abortion and then I spent years figuring out how that affected my perception of self, how others would react to it. Understand understanding the stigmas and taboo and then understanding how it can be so normalized and vocalized. And it's something that I now advocate for everything with reproductive freedom. And um, it's like a passion area of mine. So that was a couple of years of like that self-reflection. And in that understanding that I would like to share my story. However, a lot of my family was raised in a Catholic church and do have certain perceptions. And I don't know how they would, except me because of that religious structure mm-hmm. and their beliefs. And it, it took a lot of time for me to like reason with 
me potentially losing the support of my family or friends because of their religious beliefs. So anything that was, you know, beyond the veggie tales understanding of God and Jesus, I, it hit me in like my late teens, early twenties. And in that same time, I was finding a lot of connection to the practice and the the um, pillars of transcendentalism Mm. and that's where I felt much more connected was in the self-reliance and the the connection to others and to you know spirituality but it being not like there is one being or there is this one set of teachings to follow and instead being being open-minded and being connected to the the trust that you have within yourself and wanting to build a connection between people because that will that'll lead to a much greater understanding of one another and there it, it kind of was this um this new kind of thinking that I I got through some college courses specifically within Thoreau and Emerson mm-hmm. and I felt that that was something that resonated way more with me um that that spiritual values based self reflection self understanding and then thinking of all of the what ifs rather than there being a certain level you unlock because of certain ways to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, you do, you do good and you get to heaven, like it, less of that kind of what I would sometimes think of like a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, say the prayer, win the prize <laughs> kind of thing. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. it's like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not into that either though. You know? Yeah. So it was the transcendental transcendental thinking of like all of the what ifs and really not knocking one way or another of how people will will believe or understand but understanding each other so that you're you're not discouraging anyone from thinking the way that they're thinking um because what's that going to do you know we we don't know the certainty we don't know the certainty of what will happen because we're Unless we're in assimilation, um, we are. We don't know what's going unless on. E- unless Elon Musk is controlling us all, I hope I, not. I really hope not too. Um, but yeah, no, I feel you because, like, you know, I mean, I've I've said it before, in that, like, you know, I I was really into like the orthodoxy growing up. Like, I was Greek Orthodox mm-hmm. Christian, like, which is kind mm-hmm. of like Catholicism on steroids, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, like, it's like I was so into it, and then I really fell off of it, and I started looking at other types Mm. of spiritual practices. And then what's funny is, is, like, when I got into, similarly, um, for me, it was, like, Hinduism and that's, Mm -hmm. like, the Eastern practices, like, you were were talking about, like, with transcendentalism Mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of, like, opened me up in such a way to where... um, there's like there's this great George Harrison quote where mm. he's he's writing a letter to his parents and he mm. was another one who similarly kind of went through a same thing with Christianity and then psychedelic sixties mm-hmm. LSD mm-hmm. go to India yeah. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi the whole thing happens but he's writing a letter yeah. and he's just like basically I'm paraphrasing here but he's basically like you know, at first, like, I didn't think that God was a man in the clouds, but now I realize that it Mm -hmm. could be a man in the clouds, if you like, because God Mm -hmm. is everything, you know? So it's kind of this bigger Mm -hmm. idea that, like, yeah, God is really awareness. And then awareness Mm -hmm. takes incarnation in order to experience itself. And that's Mm -hmm. what human beings are. Human beings are awareness that are God incarnate in order to experience itself. So, like, Mm -hmm. for me, that's where it clicked, where I was like, 
oh shit, you know, like all these hangups I have about yeah. my Christianity and all that stuff, like that's yeah. just stuff that I cooked up in my head. Like that's that's not that's not like what it really is. You know what I mean? That's not like the yeah. truth. Like the truth is like what you said is making connections with other human beings and like mm-hmm. being a loving and compassionate and empathetic person and like for making sure. every act that you do one that's saying this is for the betterment of of all beings. Like for you know sure. and yeah. And then to zoom out, like looking at spiritual practices, looking at it like that, like basically being like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like exercise routines. It's just like some people do yoga. Some mm-hmm. people do Tai Chi. Some people are power mm-hmm. lifters. Some people are this. Some people are that. Religions mm-hmm. are the same thing. It's just a structure that, yeah. that you can take if you are somebody who needs structure. Like I, because mm-hmm. I was raised in that way, I find that I really do need structure. And ritual, mm-hmm. ritual is something that's very helpful for me to make mm-hmm. sort of spiritual progress where other people, they don't necessarily need that. And like, right on like different yeah. strokes for different folks. Like everybody has a different yeah. kind of thing, but like being loving in that way to be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this. What are you? Oh, I'm an atheist. Oh, right on, man. That's interesting. You don't mm-hmm. believe in God. Like why? Like, let's talk about it, but talk yeah. about it in a safe space in an open loving space and being like, that's cool, man. Like right on, you have your way of looking at the world. I have my way, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. hate on you for it. Like, what's that? That's not getting us yeah. anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. The any really the only kind of practice that I would be against is is anything that includes the harm to others mm. or the harm to self. Because that I agree with you. The I think a lot of the purpose of I don't know purpose, but what we should be working towards as a community and society, because you. We are existing in a in a manner that's greater than ourselves. Mm. There's a lot of dependent systems. There are a lot of, you know, structures where you are relying on yourself, but you are relying on one mm-hmm. another. And I think that it is so ironic or so silly to be, if you identify as a religious or spiritual person, however, what you are practicing is harmful, harmful tendencies mm. and inconsiderate actions and and your thinking towards one another is something that is degrading or destructive because what what is that doing what is how is that building as a community and and encouraging one another because you do rely on one another so i i definitely agree that being having that empathy and having that that love and that that openness to understand it's only helpful and it assists your own thinking and it can help you be a stronger educator or caregiver um, or decision maker. It's, it's only going to help you. So I, I definitely am not, I don't prescribe to one religion or um, find myself being a practicing individual that goes to a, has to go to a location to affirm my practice and my religion. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I don't feel that way. I feel more of the, the daily practice of, the values and morals and taking the responsibility to be a stronger being so that that translates and transcends into all of the different stages of my life or existence or one another. It, it's something that has a greater impact mm. um, than saying that, Oh, I'm a Christian, but 
I hate these, 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 and these people, and I'm going to be a jerk to you at the brunch following church. Right, right. What? That doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. There's, so. I found at least, even in, like, the Greek Orthodoxy, there's, there are so many, you know, I mean, like, you, there's certain, like, there's yeah. certain, like, cultural hang-ups that you, that are always there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just, like, you know, it's, like, this whole thing where, like, you're at church, and it, here, here's yeah. church really supposed to be this, this sort of, you know, drawing up to like this greater thing, you know, yeah. and everybody's all dressed to the nines and they're all just like, look at, you know what I mean? Like East, like, like if you talk to a Greek person, like Greek Orthodox Easter is like the fucking <laughs> fashion show. Okay. Everybody like dresses up all night, you know, you get your new, you get your fresh, whatever, cause it's Easter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like so, but that's the fu- that's the funniest. Put on all your jewelry. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you got, of course got to get the gold cross eye. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. look good. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but it's so silly because you see, like, if you can, if you can try to take that step back, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, not for nothing, you know, I definitely have attended church under maybe some sort of mind altering things just to be like, hey, let's give it a go, baby. Let me, let me, yeah, let me stare into the face of God, like, <laughs> yeah, but like. I... Yeah, it's just funny when you step back and you look at it all and people are just like reading, they're like reading this stuff, like they're just reading like items off of a menu. And you're like, don't you understand? For this sure. is the whole point of this is supposed to like awaken you as like a divine being. But you're just kind of like, well, I guess I just got to like come to church and like punch my time mm-hmm. card. It's just like, yep, I did my mm-hmm. thing for the day and hopefully mm-hmm. I won't go to hell. And you're like, you're missing the whole point. <laughs> I know. And that can be a good like you were saying like that can be the good structure and that can be the scaffolding to the understanding and if you do look forward to that routine and that kind of like cyclical um predictable kind of calendar or um what what like catholic religion is because i that's the one i can speak maybe most besides my own experience my own church kind of the catholic church is the only other one that i can really speak to being in mass and seeing a non-practicing individual as myself and then my nana like it's it's worlds apart and it she is also a loving understanding empathetic individual but she loves the routine of it she likes knowing that she can go to church at a certain day and it'll be these lessons with you know some variation um but i i really do feel that um i similarly have had some uh, experiences where I think I've achieved um, ego death. Mm-hmm. I Google told me the lifting of the veil. Some might call it. And I really, you know, questioned a lot of things. Yeah. So, um, which was fine, and I'm happy I got there. But it's, uh, I at times wish I hadn't because I think that there was, as some people will say, ignorance is bliss. But I do think that those experiences have led to my more perspectives better understanding thinking through you know the systems of it all and how things are connected and knowing that I have so little control of what is going on and what will happen and what has happened but I do have what kind of grounds me again (laughs) after I meditate for like five Mm -hmm. seconds is um I have control of myself and I can I can be able to understand my own the healthiness of my mind how to strengthen my body, how to be an understanding individual for, for myself and for the world. Um, and then professionally just for myself, 
continue to work in fields that are helping one another mm. because I that's what I want to continue in is education and nonprofits and learning and development and um, you know being that educator that can be the sounding board and bring in a lot of knowledge of having that depth and that breadth because I, I want to be able to help a lot of people. Um, and one of the one of the quotes that I got from the transcendentalism of Ralph Waldo Emerson was really what keeps me going kind of on a day to day and in the field, which is to know even one life has breathed easier, that is to have succeeded. Mm. And so it kind of, although there's so much of the world, I'm like, what is fintech? What is, <laughs> what's going on in other countries? Like, what, what's this pandemic? Yeah. Like, there's so many things that can really escalate your mind. But that phrase or that quote kind of keeps me at like, okay, just focus on having one other, yourself being that one person or somebody else breathing easier mm -hmm. And just have that be what the goal of your day-to-day -day is. And I can do that for myself through meditation, through therapy, through reading, through music, through exercise. I can do that for myself. And then the only other goal is to try to do that for one other person. And it brings me so much esteem to do that. It makes me feel calibrated and that I have a purpose, yeah. um, which keeps me going. So yeah. that's where my soul is at. Nice. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's, I think that's just great. I think that's just great. And, that, and that's what it is. And that's what I tell people too. It's just like, you know, it's called a spiritual practice for a reason. Like it's yeah. practice. It takes work. It's like anything else. It's like another cry. I mean, we're both mm -hmm. musicians, right? You get, you understand yeah. the idea of like, well, I got to put my, what is it? Like, I got to put my 10,000 hours in to get to a certain level of mastery. Yeah, to be that expert. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's the same thing in all different aspects of life, you know? And I think, Definitely. I think the thing with maybe spirituality or religion is because it's kind of this feeling of like the, the yearning to understand the mystery that it mm -hmm. makes it so personal in that way that it can be, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it can be real difficult. Like I, I definitely mm. spiritually burnt out like mm. six, seven years ago where I was yeah. just like, I had read the books. I had, I, I consumed, consumed, consumed all of this stuff. I was reading the Ram Das. I read the Tao Te Ching. I read the Bhagavad mm -hmm. Gita. I read the, this and mm -hmm. the, that and the, this, and I'm just gorging on all this information. Yeah. And like, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I'm Mr. Yogi guy. And I'm like, fucking <laughs> like walking into Walmart. And I'm just like, don't you all see mm -hmm. like, it's all part of the big thing, you know, and all that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is like, you know, sometimes you just want to like sit down and talk about the fucking Red Sox. And like, but the problem is, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying though? Like sometimes you, you want to just like be able to just forget Ugh. that, you know, cause it's so exhausting <laughs> and you're like, I've had Ugh. that. Oh man. Yeah. My oh Chandler again, the, you know, he shout out Chandler co-host of it. You know what else? Shout out. Yeah. Shout out Chandler. Thank you, Chandler. We talked about several times that we, we wish we didn't know as much we wish we didn't care as much we didn't we wish we didn't think as much like because he and I are very similar and this is kind of the the beauty and the maybe the fuel of our friendship and why he and I are so cohesive is because we we want to learn we want to understand we want to challenge and and know and um, not to have the right perspective but to have 30 perspectives on one mm. topic so that it it only betters us and we we 
yes, he and I will, we can talk memes all day, but we also could talk about spirituality for years mm-hmm. because we're, he and I are going on, I don't know, four or five years of best friendship. And it's um, part of what's great is that he and I continue to evolve and try to stay current and relevant in knowing, because even with music, let's say, if you and I had, if our music wherewithal and kind of yearning to understand music stopped in high school then we would be decades behind in what the current artists are Mm. doing or how instruments are being um can be produced or what can be you know new sounds or new collaboration and we would miss out and so in that same vein if if you say you are religious but you stop that practice you know at a certain point and you just kind of keep repeating it, then it's not going to keep growing as you are growing. Because if, if you keep aging and understanding and experiencing, so should, so should be your values, you know, just keep it moving forward. Yeah. 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 Focus it, focus yeah. on the progress, you know, and, and, and sure. like I, I, the last episode that I had with not, well, the one before mm-hmm. last with Jeff, he's like, He's like, even if I feel kind of crappy, it's kind of hard to feel bad about yourself when you know you're constantly working on yourself, you know? So that's, yeah, that's so true. it's like, even if you can just do one small, like, I think the problem is, is now, especially we have this, this mountain of information constantly bombarding mm. us all the time, you know, it's so sure. easy to take, you know, it's, it's like, you know, don't take an anthill and turn it into a mountain. Like just have one mm-hmm. realistic goal a day, like one, something that's realistic that like is a step in the right direction it's like it drops in the bucket eventually the bucket will fill but like don't you don't have to fill it now you know what i mean like it's okay there's time you have time and it's um even in that thinking though i would for me to for me to take that lesson and then translate to myself it would be instead of to wait till the bucket gets full have it be a drop going into a lake or the mm. ocean something even bigger that's so expansive right. um that it's you're not trying there's no checkpoint to reach like when as much as i wish that would be the case that when i you know reach some kind of understanding <laughs> or if i if i guess i've hit those ten thousand hours i'd love a badge i'd love <laughs> a cupcake <laughs> like I, something but um like it's and a bucket in my mind is like that. That even feels too small. Mm. That feels like I could get there in a month, and I might not. And then I'd get frustrated that I'm not there in a month. Um, so it's it's something that's con- I would think it more like an mm. ocean, something that's just still moving and changing. And it'll have its tides, it'll have its storms, but you're still contributing. Yeah. To something greater. Yeah. Um, but it's a good way to think. Yeah, that's a good spin on that. I think that's a perfect. Thanks. I think that's a perfect way of wrapping up mind body soul at the end of the podcast i like to have Mm. my guests maybe give a book recommendation so what Mm -hmm. is your uh, book recommendation of the week laura may my book recommendation to go with the feminist that i am would be a book written by gloria steinem which is a collection of different um empowering perspectives and kind of different um snippets poems short writings of what's shaped women's rights human rights civil rights um and the book is called the truth will set you free but first it will piss you off (laughs) (laughs) by gloria steinem that i mean what a great title for that i know and she was so instrumental in 
um, the women's movement with, especially in the, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, she still is, but she was tied in with some very uh, progressive movements and platforms, those that are still standing true, being the ACLU, being narrow, um, being different nonprofits mm-hmm. and you know unions that are still doing some good work. So that's my book recommendation. Nice. If you ever want to feel like you can go punch a wall down, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know, kick the patriarchy in the balls. Yes, down with the book. patriarchy, Laura May. Down with the patriarchy. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I, or like, let's be real. Greek Orthodoxy, <laughs> man. Constantinople, hardcore patriarchy. Literally, yeah. it's he's the it's called the patriarch. He's that's his name, like the leader of the the ecumenical the ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople. Yeah, literally where yeah, it comes Gloria from. <laughs> Gloria Steinem versus him. Let's see who wins. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on Gloria. Um, I me too. But um, but yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was such a this was so much fun. I love. I don't know. I just I. I um, I love having these kinds of conversations with people. I think it's important for us to have these types of conversations. Sometimes it's fun to just kind of, you know, BS and talk about a little bit of nothing because that's healthy and therapeutic mm-hmm. too, I think. Um, yeah. But um, kind of reflecting on our humanity and like the bigger picture is something that like I have a passion for. And like, let's be real, an hour, an hour and a half every Sunday to talk about spirituality and all that is mm-hmm. basically like therapy for me. <laughs> like, let's yeah. be real, you know? And, like, talking to like-minded people, I think, is important because, yeah. you know, when you're trying to talk about values like empathy and compassion and stuff like that, like, and you can meet mm-hmm. other people who are consciously trying to live these kinds of, you know, lives. Um, yeah. I just I just hope that it inspires other people to, to maybe just be conscious of those types of things. And f- mm-hmm. from, from putting... Uh, you know, your empty uh, kombucha bottle into a recycling bin to uh, maybe just like holding a door open for somebody. Cause like maybe someone's having a shitty yeah. day and you just hold the door open yeah. and it's like that one thing that just like, you know, mm-hmm. they just kind of like back, back up from the edge just because you, you know, you like, you've done your, your, you know, your random act of kindness for the day, you know? Definitely. So. And your, your mind, your body and your soul will be the, the three constants of most of people's lives so it's it's um being aware to how to work on those and how to keep those a priority because you you invest where you see value and so i i would encourage that people see the value in Mm. their their minds bodies and souls because it's it's important it's only gonna be a good thing um and we are right here rooting for you yeah and we're in this together you know we're in this together. Like, there's no I like in Troy team. Says. <laughs> or, uh, there's no I in have you, have you seen that the, um, Shaq was talking at Kobe O'Brien's memorial at the Staples Center? Oh. And he, Shaq, Shaq said that he at one time said to Kobe, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, no, but there is an Emmy in that mother effer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's now become my new uh, mental response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Oh, Shaq. I know. Oh, what a delicate, delicate man he is for being such a giant. <laughs> yes, um, for sure. We just talked, I was just talking to a friend about, uh, was that Kazam? Remember? Or Shazam? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he's like the genie? Uh, Shazam. Shazam. He makes it like rain hamburgers. Oh, man, the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> For the record, those burgers look disgusting. Uh, I also have a clear, like, eight-year-old Mike 
thinking that looks like a disgusting cheeseburger. Oh, well. But then it rained candy and stuff. So yeah, I mean that is the dream, really, isn't it? Oh, that's it? good. That's good. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we we talk about God and we also talk about uh, random Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal movies. So you know, you never know what you're going to get into on what works for you. But what works for me <laughs> is a little bit of Shazam every now and again. You know, it never hurt anybody. No, not no. Wouldn't even hurt Shrek. It wouldn't even hurt Shrek. Is that what you said? Shaq. Oh, Shrek. I was like, Shrek. Oh, we're talking about Shrek now. What's happening? We're really getting off the rails. Anyway, yeah, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So, Laura, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You can find Laura on Instagram at mm. Laura Casey May. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, her podcast is. And you know what else? With you got it. Laura and Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you can and you can find uh, it's what it's you you have it like. We do. It is hard for people to say. So I'm, can, you know, if you would have attempted, I would have just cheered. Can you, you share it for me? I just didn't want to botch it. Of course. So the, the podcast and you know what else? You can find us at A-Y-K-W-E-P-O-D, which we'll sing A-Y-K-W-E-P-O-D. Oh, that's nice. I yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, check us out. But it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. This was this was a really good conversation. Yeah, it's fun, right? It's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. So once again, thank you so much, Laura. We'll talk to you hopefully again soon. Maybe you can come back on at some point later in the future. 